I'll sing you a song. Today in the podcast, I have three interesting gentlemen who are fascinated and very expert in the whole genre of she, see, oh my goodness, I nearly said she, see shanty music. That's, uh, try and say that. That's like, say it fast. She, see shanty. Okay, we'll say it properly. See shanty music. And very interestingly, we have Dean who has headed a maritime directory that's focused on sea shanty music. So we have Tom Lewis, who is from Roscommon, and he lives in a boat, which is fascinating. And we have Dean Callan from, where are you from, Dean? Chicago. Chicago. And David H.B. Drake from? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay, welcome uh, to you all. North of Chicago, about 80 miles. Oh, sounds cold. Sounds really cold. Yeah. Yeah, snow <laughs> most of the time, today, it sounds like. Good, yeah, good. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll go around the three of you and we'll just hear your stories first, like how did this sea shanty musical life begin? And we'll start with Tom. You're at the top of my screen. So Tom, would you like to tell us how you got into music and where did this sea shanty exploration happen? Well, before we started recording, I was mentioning to you that... Um, in my childhood in Belfast, my mother was always singing along with the radio. So I thought you just that I thought that's what it was there for to, to get you to sing along. And um, then in 1959, I joined the Royal Navy. And uh, shortly thereafter, about 18 months, I was an, I was an engineering apprentice. Shortly thereafter, I got sent to Scotland to Rosyth. And uh, I started going to a little folk music club in Dunfermline. So that would be 1961. And um, I just, uh, I, I loved the whole, I loved the people that were there mm. at the folk music club. It was much better than the jazz club. The jazz club, they were all up themselves. And, uh, I, but I went to the, the folk club and it was great. And then, uh, and then one, one night there was uh, the guest was a, and a and the others will know exactly what I'm talking about, an impossibly young Louis Killen. And, oh, yeah. uh, and he had a concertina with her. I'd, I'd never seen a concertina before. David, do you have your concertina with you? I'll get it. Yeah, you, we should, because you should do some music. We won't be able to do stuff together, I know, but because uh, of the way this transmits through the yes, air. Yes, through but, Zoom, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, but it, but he, he, and he sang, he, he sang a lot of this music that I really had not heard much before. Um, okay. But then uh, the, more he, the more he sang, the more I realized there were snippets of it that, that were stirring things in my memory. And, um, and, and, and it was sea shanties. And, I uh, think most people, though, have learned a sea shanty probably in school when they were young or something. I mean, we've all touched on it at some point, but then well, we've well, forgotten about the genre in a sense. Well, that, that, that would be one of the ones because that was um, back on, back in the day when, when your mother was uh, very young um, or your grand, grandmother was young. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they would sometimes be listening to BBC radio yes. um, and uh, and there was a thing called children's hour in the in the, in the 40s and 50s and they had a little uh, long-running serial play called green sailors and it was introduced with a with an accordion playing 
playing a tune and Louis Killen stepped forward and with his concertina was playing this tune and then he suddenly started singing and uh, farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain we've received orders to sail home to England we hopes in a short while to see you again we'll rant and we'll roar like and it was, so, yes that was the same thing yeah yeah, but there's a great rhythm to sea shanties. I mean, we'll delve into the history of them in greater depth. Dean, how did you get into music in general or what's your background? I live very close to a Renaissance fair. And that's a thing that we do here in America to pretend like we know history. <laughs> Interesting perception, okay. Well, you know, your, your bathrooms are older than my house. So we, uh, uh, there are, there's a population here that uh, thinks that Renaissance fairs are great fun. I've been doing that since I was 16 years old. Uh, about 25, 30 years ago, I was cast in their ensemble show uh, as a sea dog, an Elizabethan mariner. And as part of that role, we learned sea shanties. As Tom mentioned, uh, I recalled them from grade school. Uh, our music class, I learned Blow the Man Down. I learned uh, Sloop John B. Uh, and they're, they're in Spanish Ladies, of course, that's from our, our favorite musical, Jaws. Uh, we uh, uh, learned about a half a dozen sea shanties. And uh, I thought, this is a, this is a really interesting musical style and uh, I was asked to put a group together for uh, another uh, a festival so I gathered uh, five other performers who had also done environmental theater and we've been going for nearly 20 years now. Very good, very good, excellent. And David, your background with music well, and uh, I see you have a concertina there in your hand so yeah, yeah. I got the other one was sticking on me okay. um my actual uh master's degree is theater okay. so I tell people that I am not a musician I am an actor playing the part of a musician <laughs> and somehow or other I made the transition but uh way back when I was 16 years old the school I was going to did a musical called Bye Bye Birdie Okay. And back then I had hair, but I had to learn three chords on a guitar for the part. Yeah. This was 1963, the height of Peter, Paul, and Mary. You give a 16-year-old boy a guitar and three chords, of course I got into folk music. Yeah. Well, one of the things I liked most were songs about the sea. And uh, I eventually started listening to people like Gordon Bach, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Tom Lewis, <laughs> and uh, the, the singer-songwriters of the sea, Stan Rogers also. And I went, you know, oh, gee, I'd like to write songs like that. So I started writing them. Therefore, I started getting invited on boats to sing my songs. And when you are on, you know, a sailing ship, you, of course, pick up 
what's going on. I, I was singing about stuff I knew nothing about. Okay. And after a while of being on tall ships, then I, you know, I learned what it was about and, you know, got into my blood. And um, so I am more into the singer songwriters of the sea than shanties, but working on tall ships, of course you do shanties and you haul out a concertina because everybody wants Wallace Beery standing by the by the rail singing, you know, Drunken Sailor. Oh yeah, that's that's a famous one. Right. I mean, that is the absolute that's so evocative of yeah. Mm. Of of being an old sailor. Yeah. Not a pirate necessarily, but you, you always in every sea movie, you got some old fart standing by the rail going, you know, hurdy 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 hurdy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and that was the part I always got. <laughs> the, the, the epitome of that was, um, was the, uh, um, oh dear, I'm losing it now. Uh, the white whale, uh, Moby Dick. And when, when, when they were, when they were uh, filming Moby Dick, the director said, uh, what we need right now is some old fart sitting on a barrel and playing one of those squeezy things and singing a sailor song. Oh my goodness. And, and oh my. Actually, so what they actually did was they they flew from England. Yeah. They, they, they flew um, Bert Lloyd, the great A.L. A. Lloyd. And and he did exactly that. They they, they sat him on the deck of this this ship and and filmed him. And, it, and he was singing as a well, there's some that's bound for New York town and some that's bound for France. Heave away, me Johnnies, heave away. And there's some that's bound for Benegal Bay to teach them whales to dance. And away, me bully boys, we're all bound to go. And here is where art and life swap places because up to that time, there is no record of anybody ever playing a concertina on a ship. They play an accordion, but never a concertina. But, uh, but forever afterwards, that image uh, had gone all around the world in the movie Moby Dick. And that's what, that's what people like David H.B. Drake played. They played a concertina. <laughs> I know when you look at the film of the, when you look at the film of the Titanic, I'm just thinking accordion Titanic, that that yeah. linking there. But I yeah, that's interesting. But well, in when, when they're dancing down in down in the steerage class, there's, there's some there's somebody playing an accordion. There and, is and that one. Yeah, there is. Yeah, no. there is. This, by the way, is a sailor's concertina, and that's why it's a hexagon shape. Okay. Because sailors don't carry luggage; they carry their gear in a sea bag. And this was designed to fit into a circular bag, right? And it's quite small, yeah. because when you're, uh, you know, when you're on the crew, you have no personal space but your own bunk, mm. maybe a locker if you're lucky. But so what I'm, what I'm sensing here is that sea shanties are such an attractive genre. There is great fun attached to it and you were telling me there before we started recording that there's festivals now reopening after the pandemic such as in my own country here we have Bally D Hob and what was the other one Ross's um, point Ross's, Ross's point. point and I mean there's such a great rhythm and it's a story told with music and everybody just gets into the rhythm and you know starts tapping the foot and clapping the hands and so on 
what is the most attractive feature of sea shanties? Why are you so fascinated by this genre? I mean, that's probably a loaded question, but. I think here's the, for today, for, for pandemic world today, there's a group on the website Reddit. Uh, Reddit is a discussion website. There are 26,000 members of the sea shanty group on Reddit. And despite my best efforts, everyone wants to hear sea shanties as they perceive them. But sea shanties are something different than what they're expecting. Okay. They want to hear real bangers. And not all sea shanties are necessarily bangers. They're Sea shanties are rhythmic devices. They're tools that were written by sailors for sailors to keep rhythm for repetitious tasks on tall ships. And it was actually a very narrow window of time that these were documented. So uh, a lot of people conflate maritime songs, songs about the sea or songs about sailors with actual sea shanties. Sea shanties are like a screwdriver, and maritime songs is the toolbox. So uh, the, the thing that people really like about sea shanties now is that they, they produce an image of uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is also anachronistic, but it's, it's that, that sense of something more adventurous than the life they have today. Very uh, true. And connecting back to an era of, I suppose, freedom, maybe kind of this wild freedom, perhaps. Well, well also as a genre of song, it's communitarian because it's designed to for everybody to join in. That was part of the design. That the the shanty man was one man who was experienced um, in the in the work that was going to happen and all these different jobs had different rhythms and would and would last for shorter or longer times the shanty man would choose the song start singing and the crew would join in uh, as they were marching around the capstan or, or rhythm rhythmically hauling on a on a line to uh, to get to get a to get a sail hoisted or or a boat up out of the water or whatever. Yeah, but the tall ships are beautiful. I mean, they're even just to visit one of them these days are beautiful pieces of art almost. I know there's probably a lot of complicated ropes and so on to learn, but I heard a story actually in our own country that there's a group after purchasing a tall ship, and they're planning to bring it back to Ireland from somewhere in Europe. I think to Sweden and with the intention of attracting young people um, to get involved in this type of thing and the people who, who have had this experience in the past it has completely changed their lives and they've seen the world from a different perspective and it's really increased their ability to make better choices for their life i mean have you seen that within your experience of being on tall ships you know people getting involved in such affairs David, you crewed on the Dennis Sullivan. Uh, among about 10 other tall ships, yeah. Uh, I missed that because the phone just rang and I had to mute and I wasn't. Uh, yeah, so I was just I saying there about tall ships, about how they can change people's lives because it opens up their perception to a oh, different world. My God, yes. 
uh, one of my favorite Dennis Sullivan stories, uh, De the Dennis Sullivan is a three-masted Great Lakes schooner. Uh, Dean and I lived on the shores of Lake Michigan, which yes, it's a lake, but it's the sixth largest lake in the world. Yeah. So, inland sea. It's an inland sea. I've and seen videos of I'd, it. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to check you know the square area of it, but I think this the if you took the you know square area of Britain, Scotland, and England, mm -hmm. it would be about the same size as Lake Michigan. So, so we're huge. talking a lake the size of of the British, not mm -hmm. Ireland, but yeah, but the British Isles, yeah. excluding Ireland, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, we're talking an in inland sea. Uh, anyhow, we used prior in prior years, we can't afford it now, but in prior years, we used to take the Sullivan from Milwaukee down to Florida during the winter, because you really don't want to be on Lake Michigan in January. It's not oh, a so good cold. idea. So cold. Um, anyhow, uh, there was, uh, we would take people out and do sail training uh, for a week in the Caribbean. And I remember one of, one of the groups we had was a group of college students um, who, on the day we were going out, it was it was kind of windy, and we had the whole bunch of them sick on deck, just oh flattened. <laughs> they were um, flattened. Oh my goodness! And terrified. Really? And, and terrified. Really? On the way back a week later, one of the one of the women who was one of the sickest was literally at the helm steering the boat. Amazing! Amazing! Talk about so empowering. Yeah, just, uh, a transition. Transformation, yeah, if um, you will. Expanding yeah. one's horizons in the most literal sense. Yeah. And then what you see in terms of the ocean, if you're in the ocean or whatever, the waterways mm -hmm. and just accessing the natural environment from that point of view yeah. must be fascinating. And now, what, one, mm -hmm. one of the things that we did uh, on that particular voyage, um, I was on the, the, the late watch three o'clock in the morning at the helm and I had one of the students and there was nothing but water and stars. And Beautiful. I had fortunately taken a class in cla classical mythology. So I was telling them the stories behind all the constellations. That's... And it was just like, this is so cool. It is. It is so cool. It is. It's very cool. Um, returning to the sea shanty story, are there many musicians who specialize and who know sea shanties with the history and all the rest of it? Because we had a previous conversation um, before recording this episode and um, you were telling me, I think Justine was telling me about you have films being created in Hollywood and they just bring in any type of musician to play some kind of a sea tune at some level and it does the job for the purpose of the movie. But in fact, when there's musicians out there that are excellent at sea shanties that should be employed is am i right is that my correct assumption or i i started making a list for the programmer that's doing the maritime music directory and just off the top of my head i came up with 350 bands or individual performers like tom who are dedicated to nothing but maritime music wow okay uh, uh, uh point though that there is a, a gap between sea shanties and maritime music the the other term that's often used is folk soul songs and the Fo folk sorry soul, repeat that folk soul folk soul 
which is a contraction of forward castle. Okay. Uh, on on the early ships, they would have both the uh, bow and stern would have a built-up section. So the forward built-up section was the fore castle. And th those were put there so the archers, if they were going to fight, the, the archers were high up off the water to shoot arrows at other ships. So it's the right. fore, the fore castle and the after castle mm -hmm. that was, 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 put, was put on the ship. And that, yeah. and that, that then became the, the, the standard shape of the ship. But the, the after one stayed, stayed pretty much as it was. And the fore, the fore one, it, one, once they got guns, that, that sort of became, it, it, was, it was raised a little bit because it was heading into the waves and the wind. But, but the after castle was where, was where the captain and the navigator would set up, set up shop and they, they needed the, the height to be able to control the ship. Right. And the point being the forecastle, the forecastle, uh, contraction forecastle, then below deck is where the crew slept. Okay. And when you're off watch, you will be, you will most likely sit around and sing whatever you damn please whether it be about the sea or about your girlfriend or anything mm -hmm. when you're on deck doing actual work you shanty because it's it's like being um uh an efficiency expert the shanty man is literally setting the pace of the work so that everybody hauls at the Together. same time yeah. In the forecastle, when you're off watch, you're hanging out. Yeah. And so there are the actual sea shanties, acapella work songs done on board. And there are forecastle songs, which is kind of everything else that you feel like singing when you're on a ship. Yeah. It sounds you, you were, you were asking about, you see, all of us come to this at the very lowest level, and we just sort of like the idea and we like some of the songs. But after a few years, you, you start to think, where's this, what's this all about? Where does it come from? Where does this fit in? And, uh, and then we, we start to research and we talk to people, read books, and all the information is out there. And then you start to slot it into various places in the songs and the songs into various places in the information. And after 40, 50 years, you become an expert, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, we that's what they say. That's how long it takes to become an expert. But what's really interesting, I think, really, is like when you take any genre of music and you understand the story around it and how it has come to be, it makes the music so much more meaningful and more of an ex a deeper experience, which is fascinating. Now, you had a Kickstarter project recently and you were successful with it. And can you just tell us more about what the Kickstarter project was about and what the function of what you're about to create, what you're hoping to achieve through it? Sure. What we decided to do is create a directory uh, for the same reason that we talked about uh, a random house band being hired to do the songs for Assassin's Creed black flag in that game you can find sea shanties as part of the game um, I think part of the reason that 
that kind of thing happens is because finding a sea shanty group today, real quick, Google has changed its uh, measuring uh, methodology. And it used to just look at websites. And then it started saying, well, the, the websites need to be mobile friendly. And that takes a very specific kind of programming so that your, your website can be viewed both on a computer screen and on a mobile phone. So suddenly, these 350 groups, none of whom are tech designers by any means, uh, suddenly their websites are now kind of downgraded in the search category. Also, Google has more recently decided that they're going to rate the websites by if it has the HTTPS, the secure website. So now those few websites that were still visible now have been knocked out of searching. I've had clients contact me to hire my own band and say, it was so hard to find you. So Google has, has thrown barrels of flaming oil and barbed wire in the path of anybody finding a maritime music band. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I thought we need to have a place that all of these bands can be represented, not only for the, the venues that want to hire them, but also for the fans, 26,000 fans on Reddit for crying out loud, and they don't know what the music really is. So I wanted a place, a uniform place where people can look up bands. So the, the Maritime Music Directory is uh, uh, a site that will be able to be self-populated. And by that, it means that uh, uh, Philippe from Norday can go onto the site and fill out all of the information about his band, put in the bio, put in the photo, put in the logo, and then it becomes part of the database so that when uh, the, the fellow who loves sea shanties on Reddit can go to the directory and see, is there a band in France? And Norday will come up and he'll see all of the details, including a list of links, which will include places for them to buy their music. Oh, great. And, and that's going to be uh, directed off the site because uh, we didn't want to deal with doing commerce ourselves. It would it would prejudice the uh, neutrality of the site. Okay, and I'm just curious about festivals, and I don't have any experience of going to festivals where sea shanty music is being played or maritime music is being played. And for those people who aren't very well-informed about such things, what can people expect at festivals who, you know, get you guys to come in and more likely? What kind of format are such places? Tom, you've done quite a few festivals across Europe and here in the North America. What, what, uh, describe a, a typical festival for you. Well, the, the beauty of it is that none of them are typical because they're all atypical. Um, but uh, some, of, some of them actually happen around places where there are tall ships. So the, 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 there are uh, around the Northern Hemisphere mostly, but not, not exclusively, uh, tall ships races. And then the ports they go into organize festivals um, with maritime music 
um, intimately associated with that. So you'll get you'll get um, very uh, very specific things happening on the decks of some of the ships. You you will have uh, you, you need you you need control of your of your sound. So um, so a marquee is uh, is not ideal, but it's but it's better than than just straight outdoors. Mm -hmm. And on uh, a, a concert hall is of course this, you've got total control of the sound, but it's it's not very ambient. So you're always trying to to get to, to find the the happy medium, and the happy medium usually occurs in a pub. <laughs> where uh, and uh, and of course you've got you, you've got Dean there saying that people want the banger songs, but uh, I've noticed in Ireland especially um, in the in traditional music sessions, as soon as one person starts singing, the the conversational volume level drops almost to zero because people are very people in pubs over here in Ireland are very respectful of the singer and the song yeah um but they're but they're not still used to joining in joining in the chorus but uh, that's in, in in a pub it's easy to engender that ethos of come on sing up with the chorus <laughs> and uh, and and of course that 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 then takes place whether it's on the deck of the ship in the marquee or or in the concert hall and you know when you're doing a when you're doing a performance about this style of music do you tell stories as well um oh. all the time oh, i'd imagine you would well <laughs> I, uh, um the I keep getting asked for the stories because I, I can make a five minute song last half an hour. Okay. And, uh, and, and because, because there's so much, there's, there's so much background to all these songs. And if you have to explain uh, how the work was, uh, how the work went on during the songs, and then you'd go off on a tangent and you, and you mention something about, a, a real happening on on a ship you were on or in, a, and uh, and you, you go off there so yeah i've uh, uh, I, I will be i will just point out here that my latest recording is two cds one of which is nothing but uh, live takes off stages because each one the song is three minutes but the track is anywhere from eight to 15 minutes yeah just Filling in the background, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, David, please go I, ahead. A comment on that. Uh, the reason the festivals are so cool is that it's one thing to sing these songs in a concert hall, but when you're physically standing on the deck of a ship and you're amazing. going, haul on the bowl, and the, this thing here is a bowling. The ship is a rolling. You know, gather around the capstan. This thing here is a capstan. And you walk around it, and you actually have the real stuff right there yeah that's yeah. what makes the festival unique is and magical that, yeah yeah it becomes magical mm -hmm. because you're doing the song okay maybe the work isn't physically being done but people can visualize it because you're standing on a ship mm -hmm. with the lines and the tools but that but that was the magic of mystic that you were actually doing these songs on ships yeah. And, and the and the crew of the ship 
would would perform the the work mm-hmm. as you sang the song and uh, and but dean was mentioning the falmouth sea shanty festival which is now one of the biggest in the world and um, where the where they haven't got ships for you to work on and everything is taking place on ready-made stages around the town and in the squares and and in the pubs so so you you then have to you have to get people to use their imaginations and you do what david was saying there and you you sort of say well that's well this was a capstan and then people don't know what a capstan is so you've got to have the uh, a, a 20 second visual visualize this this piece of simple machinery um or uh i, I know that uh, we we may be we may be hearing um a, a pumping shanty late later and the but then you've got to visualize the pump and the different rhythm that was needed for that uh, as as opposed to just going going around a capstan but doesn't it make the jobs you know go quicker i mean if they were very you know lengthy repetitive tasks i mean did the uh, music just make lighter. it go uh, i think the word would be lighter not lighter. quicker because well, yeah. um the actual, quicker in your own head yeah the, but yeah, yeah quicker in yeah, your own head yeah but in actual fact the shantyman's job is to pace the work at the most efficient time mm-hmm. and one of the best examples uh have you heard the term anchors away no i can't say i have okay that, well, that <laughs> that's the united states navy theme song is anchors away yeah yeah um what anchors away when a ship is anchored and you're walking around the capstan which is what's actually going to haul the anchor up at some point or another the anchor breaks free of the bottom mm-hmm. and now you're drifting well okay. that's the anchors away you're, oh right yeah and so the thing is up until the point that the anchor breaks free of the bottom you are in fact by walking around the capstan physically hauling the ship closer and closer to above the anchor at at a certain point the anchor will break free well it's a long slog taking the weight of all the ship to above the anchor when it breaks free now you're drifting now you gotta get that thing up and when it breaks the water surface in, in the air, you've really got to move because the last thing you want to do is have that anchor swing and whack you in the side of the in the side that's of the hull exactly. and put a hole there. Yeah. So, so that's, it's the that's shanty man who's watching this and going, bump, bump. Oh, anchor's away. Bump, 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 bump. Now it cleared the water. Come on. You know. Yeah, yeah. He the is a setter. Yeah, very interesting. And, and that was called weighing the anchor. And it's yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's so it's W E I G H. And whilst they're not physically finding out how, how much the anchor weighs, weighs, they certainly know how much the anchor weighs because <laughs> they're pulling the, the thing up. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Now I have a few questions just to help complete the, this episode. And I mean, the three of you guys are it seems to be to me anyway, you're experts in all of this, which is fascinating. And I'm just wondering, musically speaking given that we're, this is a Music Secrets Exposed podcast, what things or what secrets have you learned through your whole exploration of this style of music that maybe other genres of music might not have? In addition to the historicity of the music, 
we have to remember that our contemporary audience is used to being entertained. Yes. So we have to make, Tom is an expert at making the story part of the show. And, and we are doing shows as well as keeping uh, a, a, a cherished part of our heritage alive. Mm -hmm. uh, but but to, to keep things vital from that. Our mutual friend, Bob Zentz, down in Norfolk, Virginia, calls this infotainment. <laughs> infotainment. Because, because he's, he's entertaining people and they don't realize they're learning stuff. Very true. Very because true. Because it's so much fun. Yeah. 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 The, so what the, you're saying is story, you know, story is part of the whole presentation is, is critical to make it an attractive genre for people to come into for new put, people. You've got to put this stuff in context, don't you, yes. David? you got yeah, context very, very much everything so. with this. I mean, even even something as simple as, and, and I don't know in Ireland and, and Britain, but in America, we have stoplights that are red, yellow, and green. And the red off. and the green go back to the lights on a ship. Yeah. I mean, if you're seeing the port side light approaching another vessel, you yield. If you mm -hmm. see the green side, the starboard side green light, mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. You have right of way. Yeah. And even a simple stoplight, here in America at least, mm -hmm. comes from that whole shipping tradition. Amazing. Um, How many people yeah, know but, that? Really. I, didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I can tell <laughs> okay. you. There you go. But are. I mean, it, you know, red meaning stop and green meaning go. Yes. Yeah. Way predates automobiles. Yeah. It goes back to ships. And I suppose when you say that and you think about it, it makes total sense. But until somebody says it, you don't think about it like no. that. Well, it's very true. At night, yeah. Especially at night, you see another ship. Yeah. You have to know whether you have stand on or if you have to yield the other ship yeah. and uh, yielding is is for cars mm -hmm. but uh, on a ship stand on you not you don't just have the right of way you are required to maintain your course mm -hmm. because it the other guy is required to alter course mm -hmm. to avoid you because you have stand on well the anybody wants and to alter course as well so I mean, this gets really important. And the, last, the last thing you want to see is both the red and the green. Yes, because that means you're head on. <laughs> oh and, no! But, right but, then, but then the sailor, the sailors have a saying, which is green to green, red to red, perfect safety. Go ahead. So all you have to do is put your your red light next to his red light, or your green light next to his green light, and you will go. You, you would just pass beautifully. Yes. But, yeah. But if, you can only, but if you can only see one one light, either the red or the green, then then you obey the rule of the road that uh, that David's uh, so succinctly elucidated. Explained. Yeah, fantastic. Now, what has created the most impact in both of your musical lives? I presume the whole notion of being near the sea, being on the sea, being part of that whole oceanic experience. Well, like what has created the most impact in your lives in, in relation to all this? Yeah, um, I, I think for, for me, because um, I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin, which is farmland. 
And we have a, a running joke in Milwaukee that Lake Michigan is as, is as far as you can drive east. And that's as far as people think about it. You can drive your car up to the edge of the lake and that's it. That's it. Nothing yeah. exists beyond that. Mm -hmm. And getting into tall ships and getting into this music enabled me to get on ships, which has enabled me to go halfway around the world on water. I'd have yeah. never done that if I didn't sing these songs. Yeah, yeah. Dean, you're muted there. Dean's back. He's back. Yay. Thank He's you. Back. Great. I was just asking Dean the question, like what has created the most impact in your life with this style of music? And I suppose having such a close connection there with the sea, the ocean, and I suppose having a very close connection as well as watching the environmental change as well. I mean, have you seen like what has created the most impact with regards to all this in your life? I think uh, personally, being able to travel to the various festivals across North America and Europe, uh, late night after the show is technically closed, all of the musicians gather together in a common tent and drink beer and share stories and take turns singing songs. Must and be great fun. Group Seeing a group from England, seeing a group from France, Belgium, yeah, yeah. Ireland, uh, and we're always the Americans. We've got the Americans in the house. <laughs> it's always yeah. an incredible yeah. experience to me because over on this side of the pond, we're pretty isolated. A lot of Americans have never been to Europe. A lot of Americans don't understand uh, the European community. And to be there among them and hearing this this history of music sung by all these voices and accents uh, and having made all of these incredibly good friends drawn together by this common musical heritage. Uh, unbelievable. And I would it's, imagine it's lifelong friends as well because such common ground and great absolutely. fun and all of that. And Tom, for yourself, like what has created the most impact in your own life in relation to Well, of course, this, this music actually 45 years ago, put my wife and I together. So that's, the most, that, that, that's the most impact that this music has had. But I think, I, I think for all of us here, yeah. it's actually doing this stuff on a ship. That, that, it, it, it suddenly all makes sense. And, can... and you're, you're, you're standing, you're sitting, you're, you're, you're being around the actual history, even even if it's a, a, a modern built uh, sailing ship, the, the, because it's a sailing ship, the technology hasn't changed, and and you're you're actually taking part in history, and you can feel it. And you you were saying that these ships are almost works of art in and of themselves and i think you got it in one there they are i mean the tall ships are amazing i mean for somebody who's not educated in depth about these things i mean just to look at at the build of them and the beauty of them i'm a lover of the ocean anyway but um beautiful beautiful pieces but they, they, they were the they were the height of the technology of their time of their time and what when were they like when was their peak period the tall ships in particular that would probably be the american designed clippers there, there's 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 several classic eras and and the last 
The last of them, strangely enough, was the slowest, which were the the four-masted uh, the four-masted barks or four-masted um, full-rigged ships, um, which even in an age of of steam and diesel motive power, they were still being used for cargoes that weren't time sensitive. Okay. Okay. Coal and coal and ballast and and and. Or so you're you're going back, I presume, like to if you look at time, uh, you're going back to the 1800s, 1700s. No, oh, you're, you're look, you're, those those four those four masted barks were uh, were still sailing commercially between the two world wars. Really, between the two world wars. So in wow. in the in the twenties in the twenties and thirties, um, Dean was alluding to the the short time span which encompasses the sea shanties, which is actually between the end of the Napoleonic Wars, mm -hmm. when, when manpower was totally and absolutely available, the, the era of the classic sea shanty mm -hmm. started after the Napoleonic Wars, mm -hmm. when inter, international interoceanic trade was picking up and ships were being over fist but you couldn't open another box of sailors so you had this a smaller sailors doing the same job that the that had done by a number of sailors only 10 or 15 years before and so the sailors as david was saying invented this tool the sea shanties to help them stay coordinated and maximize their muscular effort and that Stayed that as work songs, those those were relevant right up and thirties, and then, but what really killed them? Um, Doctor Stuart knows it. What killed sea shanties was the wind-up gramophone. And the wind-up gramophone killed us. <laughs> yeah, the wind-up gramophone killed the sea shanties. You know, video kill video. <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, short it was a short and definitive lifespan mm. uh, you know not number number of years but i'm sure that rhythmical semi-musical things have been used since the since there were rowing galleys um mm. the were the hat for that um so that a galley slave much feel like singing but so, the greek road galleys were actually um a the the free men who were on board to fight them the, yeah. the argo yeah, yeah. The, the argonauts fascinating were, it's it's a fascinating history um in relation to uh tools to keep this whole genre of music alive what kind of musical instruments are typical now you mentioned the concertina a particular type of concertina there but what kind of instruments typically are sea shanties well the the accord was 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 quite common but the most common thing would be and uh, there there are many many contemporaneous uh pictures drawn even in some and some early photographs of a fella sitting 
cross-legged on top of a capstan playing fiddle um, to give his a rhythm to march around to Beautiful. yeah be seeing that um but they they also had fufu bands what, what was called a fufu band was just a made-up band and there'd be somebody with a harmonica somebody with a fiddle the cook would dish out pots pots and spoons and they beat on that and find a little side drum somewhere um the the, the a, a juice harp a jaws yeah harp. Yeah, anything and, that was and, to hand. Anything at all. And, and there, there are lots of uh, early photographs of ships' foo-foo bands there. And they, they, look, <laughs> they look primitive and lots of fun. Oh, that's the thing. Lots of fun and just a re light relief after possibly a tough, you know, day. But, that, but that, would be, that would be for the, for the, for the four bitter songs, mm -hmm. the, the soul songs. Um, but uh, there was mainly... Uh, for, for a sea shanty accompanied, it would be accompanied by other voices. Mm. Yeah, because they're, and of course, for, for the most part, they're using their hands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what have they got to play an instrument with? The, the only instrument they've got is right here. Yeah, very true, very true. What is the number one thing that you would advise or encourage people to do in relation to this whole sea shanty development that you're undertaking? Dean, Dean, tell us, tell us. See there? It, it, it's very encouraging that there are young people who they love sea shanties and it's very encouraging to see groups of young, the longest Johns who we all know from the festivals, uh, it's so good to see them succeeding and bringing this maritime music They're to from a young Bristol. audience. They're from Bristol in the west of England. Okay. So, Dean, can you pick up about the last question there about what can people do to help this whole genre of music survive and take it from there? Sure. The, uh, the I think the most important thing is to uh, keep it going, as David referred to. Uh, uh, it's it's not just us three old guys. It's a it's a perpetually renewing love of the history, and love of the music, love of the sea, and to to see a a group of young men from Bristol, England, the Longest Johns, to take this music mainstream and make it popular so that young people discover and learn about this music is terrific, and I think that. The more that we can do to entertain a younger audience and not try to scare them away with historical accuracy, uh, I think is is the best for the perpetuation of, of the, the genre itself. But it sounds like that it's a style of music that provides the opportunity for people to get inspired and connected to the oceans. Yes, In a absolutely. very unique way, because think of a tall ship isn't a normal thing. And to be able to get on one, experience one, listen to the music played on one. I mean, that of its whole, whole picture that right there is a beautiful thing. Now, so where can people go to connect with you guys? The, uh, the uh, Maritime Music Directory International as a uh, website of 
sea shanties for all sea shanties the number for all.com okay and so that's where you can find shanties for all.com yes that's okay. right that's okay. that's being built right now okay because we just got the kickstarter funding to actually make that a reality that's so fantastic. now the process of making it a reality Mm. And in, in terms of people to experience this style of music, what festivals are coming up this year that you would recommend? Well, in uh, the United States, there's the Connecticut Sea Music Festival for a strictly uh, maritime music uh, enjoyment. Mm -hmm. There are also the Tall Ship uh, uh, festivals going on uh, with a little more limited this year because some are still shut down for COVID. But for instance, my group, Bounding Maine, will be entertaining outside of Duluth, Minnesota uh, later in the year in August. Uh, tall ship festivals that are smart hire maritime music groups because you didn't have a ship without the music yes. and, and hand in hand. So tall ship festivals. Uh, also, a number of American Renaissance fairs specifically hire maritime music groups mm -hmm. they often go by pirate groups because that's what people here understand but they're still singing traditional maritime music okay. in europe uh it's a much wider range of festivals that are strictly uh maritime there's a uh, falmouth uh there's belly de hob there's uh pampol france uh there's a uh, uh, Festival Maritime in uh, Figesac, Germany. Uh, so there's there's uh, probably uh, at least 20 major festivals all across North America and Europe. Also, uh, the, the uh, 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 Blankenberg um, on the uh, on on the North Sea coast of Belgium. There's a festival in September. That's uh, well, no, it's not. No, no, sorry. The end of May. I do beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, very and good. It, so it, it sounds very happy to say yeah. that in Australia, Albany, Australia has its very first and only sea shanty festival. Uh, they're in their second season now, also okay. delayed because of COVID. But they had a wonderful uh, reception, both to their signature band and their festival. So uh, while Sea Shanty Music has been popular in Australia, they now have their own festival as well. Fantastic. That's great. And I mean, even for young people to get inspired, you know, to just hear the sound, the very different sound from what we're used to hearing on radio and popular music and stuff. It's just different. It's, it's a different, unique sound. So they sound like great well, fun. They, well, Sylvia, I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in because right at the start you were you were uh, doing tongue twisters on she shanties. She shanties. You've got all us all us guys here. But yeah. This is a this is an equal opportunities uh, form of music because there are there are women performing this. Uh, all over the place in Britain, there is a group called She Shanties. <laughs> so I wasn't so you, too far off. I wasn't too you far off. Far out and uh, and over uh, over around the, uh, the, the the Pacific Northwest, they they have broadside 
Broadside, get it? Broadside, interesting <laughs> name. That could lead as, to as many in broads. Yes. As, as in broads, yeah. And there's there 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 are there are quite a few. And um, there's, there's even women pirate singing groups, aren't there? I believe. Women yeah. pirates. Imagine that. There, there there is a group called Ship Shape, new group in the Midwest here. Uh, there's the try Norfolk and say that fast late at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norfolk Broads, uh, I think, also out of uh, Bristol. Okay. So there's a lot of groups around, so support them. Why their yep. music and support them. Absolutely. But, it, but, it, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, for, it's for women as well, so don't... Uh, don't, don't think it's don't, a male-orientated uh, genre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very and, good. And it's, it's wise that people don't get hung up on pirate music. Uh, it's sailor music. Pirates were sailors. But there's really practically nothing that I think you could call a pirate song exclusively, other right. than uh, Captain Kidd, which well, is a Stuart ballad about a pirate. Okay, okay. Oh, Stuart Frank. Is about a pirate being hanged. About a pirate Ooh, being hanged. That's yeah. graphic. So Stuart Frank. Me, that is a pirate song, but it's not a song pirates would sing. Yes, I know what you mean. It's about the yeah. pirates, not the pirates themselves, if you know what I mean, producing it. Mm. Now, Frank I think... published a book all about pirates, uh, 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 strictly called Pirate Songs. I believe there was one even written by Ben Franklin. But while there are songs about pirates, there are no songs that pirates sang. Themselves. Uh, exclusively. They, they, yeah. they were outside of the time span of sea shanties, per se. And there's no documented song that said, oh yes, uh, Long John Silver sang this. It just didn't happen. I couldn't imagine pirates documenting songs somehow. I don't think the two match somehow. <laughs> anyway, I think you're going to play us out. Are you going to play a piece each? Okay. We are. Little, little Who's first? Out. Who's first? David, first. with your concertina? Okay, I'm oh, not proud. Okay, David. Uh, this, is, okay. this is a pump shanty and we'll probably each do, you know, maybe just you know, two cycles. Yes. So we don't get too long. Uh, pump shanty. So you you guys can pump while I'm doing this. David, you're going up as I'm going down. Bully down in Chimbo. Zoom thing is crazy. I know. Her name is Sally. Hey, hey, bully in the alley. Bully down in Chimbo. Hey, hey, bully in the alley. Bully down in Chimbo. I think that's evidence that Zoom doesn't really work too good, so you should go to a festival. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Who's next? I'll, I'll go next. Tom, okay. Tom's a good ending. Uh, this is uh, Blow the Man Down. It's a halyard chanty, I believe. Okay. Uh, and it, um, I think, is from the later time period. Um, it speaks about the black ball line. Uh, which was a uh, uh, transatlantic uh, regularly scheduled line. Come all ye young fellows that follow the sea to me way. Hey, blow the man down. Pray pay attention and listen to me. Give me 
Oh, he's Dean frozen. is gone. Dean is he's gone. He's frozen. He's frozen. Okay. Okay, right. we'll have to move on, I suppose. Gonna, the tech okay, I'm going to step into the gap. And da David was telling you, uh, actually Dean, I think, was, was telling you about uh, folk soul songs. And uh, this, uh, so this, this is typical of the time. And this, everybody's familiar with, oh, you New York girls, can't you dance the polka? And this right. is one of the first sort of pop songs to come out of, uh, of, of, the, of the sailing era. Um, but this is a, this is a slightly older version because this is before the this was from before uh, New York City was hit by the by a craze for dancing the polka, and before they they sang Oh you New York girls can't you dance the polka they sang Oh you New York girls you love us for our money. Shanghai in San Francisco, we fetched up in Bombay. They set us afloat in a leasehold boat that steered like a bale of hay. Away, Asante, my dear Annie. Oh, you New York girls, you love us for our money. As the purple disappears, only the blue is seen. Commend our bones to Davy Jones, our souls to fiddlers green. Away, Asante, my dear Annie. Oh, you New York girls, you love us for our money. Fantastic. What are you playing With a ukulele. There? Oh, I knew it was a ukulele. <laughs> yes, small and neat. Dean, do you want to try again? Because you froze there on us. Oh, sure. I... Terrible internet connection. Come all ye young fellows that follow the sea to me way, hey, blow the men down. Pray, pay attention and listen to me. Give me some time to blow the men down. I'm a deep water sailor just in from Hong Kong to me way, hey, way, hey, blow the men down. And I'll sing you my song. Give me some time to blow the men down. I think I've heard that somewhere, actually. Well done. Well, I have to say it was an absolute pleasure, despite our technical difficulties today, to have you all on. And um, we'll have you back as soon as this directory is up and running and keep us informed of festivals and all the latest developments of this directory, because it's an important piece of history. I mean, in a country like Ireland, where we're surrounded by the sea, like every country is for the most part, well, not every country, but it's it's just part of our culture. It's part of who we are. So um, it's it's a lovely story to learn of today. And thank you all for coming on. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure, Sylvia. Thank you very much. Next came the flatfish. They call him Escape. Hey, hey, blow the man down If you'll be the captain, well then I'm the mate Oh, give us some time to blow the man down Next came the hakey, was black as a rook hey, hey, 